what an absolute honor uh, to be back at Zoe to be able to just say thank you. Uh, Zoe and Venture have partnered for years. So if you've invested in this house at any point during this year or in previous years, I want to say thank you because everything in that video, all of the footage, all of the voices, those are venture partners and Zoe partners. They're people that uh, are moving and doing incredible things. And, and you all have been a part of that. One of the things that you guys have previously invested in is Border Patrol stations. Uh, Border Patrol stations that rescue girls so that this morning girls were rescued. This past year, because of your generosity, we were able to rescue more than 500 girls and provide safety and, uh, and gospel counseling. Because of your generosity in the past, we've invested in refugee feeding programs, and you all have invested deeply in that, and the food becomes the foundation for things like counseling and education and citizenship. And not only do you invest uh, financially, but some of you even packed just earlier this week. Uh, Feed My Starving Children is one of our dear partners. And because of your generosity this past year, we provided more than 9 million refugee meals. Another thing, a very unique thing, is you all invested in micro motorcycles. And that's not because you're a bunch of Harley folks, although I see some good beards around here, um, mostly men. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the, motorcycles, the motorcycles help our church planters get to some of the most remote places on the planet. And this last year alone, in villages that have never heard the gospel, our partners planted over 4,000 new churches in one year. So when I say thank you, thank you, for helping spread the gospel. I love being a part of Kingdom Builders because Kingdom Builders to me is like a cheat code if you're a video game person. Um, it's, a, it's a magic portal if you like Star Trek, but it's this idea that it gets us from one place to another place much quicker. And when we talk about being a Christ follower, sometimes we feel like we can get stuck, but Kingdom Builders and what it represents, the biblical principles, kind of speeds us along because not only... Do we get to invest in people like you saw in the video? But it is also a pull, an invitation for us to participate in the work that God is doing around the world because let me tell you, it is powerful and it is inspiring. And here's the one thing that I know. I deeply believe that there is not a person in this room or online that will ever forget November 12th. I believe that it will change the way you see the world. There's a... There's a verse at the end of that video. It's a, a verse found in Galatians, and it says, let us not grow weary in doing good. And this is a, a powerful verse. It's encouraging when you're just about to finish, but it can be really difficult when you're right in the middle of stuff, when you're in the middle of a difficult medical diagnosis for a family or a difficult business season or relational season. If you're feeling very alone, it can be difficult, but, but at the end it says, if we don't, Grow weary, if we don't give up, we'll reap a harvest. And I will tell you this, one of the more powerful things in all the world is watching somebody going through something difficult and coming out on the other side. We serve in some of the most difficult places on the planet, planet where, or places where up to 90% of the girls are being trafficked, countries where it's the longest ongoing civil war, 70 years of watching bombs dropped in, and ethnic minorities literally being hunted down, countries where it's illegal to meet even more than nine people, places where our partners are putting their lives on the line as soon as last year four of our partners were killed.
And yet it's in there that we see this incredible courage, like, like Me Too is one of our youngest church planters. She was born and told that she had basically three strikes against her because she was female, she was poor, and she was part of an ethnic minority. She was told that the gods were mad at her. And then one of our partners told her that there's a God that loves her. And not only that he loves her, but there's a design where she can flourish, and she was so moved by this. Not only did she become a Christ follower, but she got training to be a pastor. She went back to her village and started sharing this good news. And families started responding. But the village witch doctor was mad and said, threatened to beat her or put her in jail or even kill her. Me Too ended up in jail for 30 days. Boxed in, light couldn't get to her, beaten. But after 30 days, she was let out. They were afraid that the jailers were going to become Christ followers. <laughs> I read a book like that once. When she got out, the witch doctor said to her, we're going to let you out. You can be free, but you cannot talk about this God. And she said, I will plant my church or I will be killed. Today, she has a church of more than 30 families, which is over half of the village. She will not grow weary in doing good. Or Sushila. Sushila was sold as a child bride from her parents. Her husband then ends up trafficking her. She was beaten. She was electrocuted. She was locked into a bathroom. But she found the courage to find rescue through one of our Border Patrol stations. Guess what? A Border Patrol station that you all helped to fund. And not only did she find freedom and receive counseling, but now she has given her life. She literally stands on the border between two countries and rescues other girls. And on top of that, this last year, her government gave her a nationally recognized award for helping to take down the largest trafficking ring in her region, the very ring that was trafficking her. That is powerful. <laughs> freed people, free people. That's what I know. Or like Cuckoo. Cuckoo uh, lives in the country where there's the longest ongoing civil war, where governments and military are literally hunting an ethnic minority. Because we had three of our partners that were killed, we considered suspending our feeding program. And so we reached out to them and said, we're considering suspending our feeding program because we don't want to put you in danger. And you all are being very diligent in reading Cuckoo's response when we said we're considering to suspending. She said, but I won't run away from Yangon. I will never leave my people in trouble for the safety of me or my family. No matter how difficult it is, I will always be in Yangon for my people. This is my calling from God. It's my commitment to help my people as much as I can. Shouldn't we help more when people are in need? And think about that. Shouldn't we help more when people are in need? This, this is the heart of what it means to not grow weary in doing good. And this is not just for a few heroes that we highlight that you see on the screen. This is actually our calling. This is what it means to be a part of not just Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders is a branded idea taken from the principle that we see in Matthew called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is one of the two greats. If, if you uh, maybe weren't raised in church, the two greats are the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment is to love everybody. And you know what? I get that. I'm an Enneagram too. I will hug every single person in here. That one's easy for me. The Great Commission... The Great Commission is something, it, it's something that invites us. 
It's something, it's not the great suggestion, but it's also not the great, if you don't do this, you're gonna go to hell. It is this commissioning, like commissioning a beautiful painting or building a beautiful building or being commissioned in the armed services on behalf of the country to protect your country and to be emissaries and ambassadors of something bigger than us. This is what the Great Commission is. So in Matthew 28, it says this, and I'm going to follow along with the house and with Pastor Greg. And when we read the word out of reverence and recognition that God's word is stronger than our words, would you stand as we read together? It says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the end of the age the word of God for the people of God. You may have a seat. This great commission is not just for some people. I grew up in church and we would do something called missions convention. And missions convention was a time where you give a little money and you pray if you're gonna be sent to a place way over there, which is beautiful. But what Kingdom Builders does is it reminds us that this idea of going can be across the street. It can be to help Hope Academy. It can be packing some meals. It can, there are many ways that we can go. And you, it's for everybody. It's for super spiritual people and for people like Pastor Greg. Anywhere, (laughs) no, 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 anywhere in the spectrum, all of us, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter how long you've been here, this is our invitation. And when, when we join with this beautiful commission, we not only are helping other people in other places, but we are participating in something that radically transforms us. One of my favorite things about the work that we get to do is that our partners' stories are powerful. They're stories of transformation that rarely, if ever, end with just them. Once their life is transformed, it becomes something that they want to be a part of transforming not only their community, but even generations. Hannah's story is one of the most transformative, powerful stories that I've ever heard and ever been a part of. So I'd love for you to see her story.
fulfill our daily needs in the hostel, in the schools, everywhere. And together we are going to stop human trafficking in body people. It's hard to wrap your mind around the power of the gospel that can transform and take one person and to go from one to over 180 of their family becoming Christ followers. And that continues to grow. Some of those numbers are not actually accurate anymore because that video is about six years old. But I use it because I love to tell Hannah's story. It's an honor to partner. This is what it means to be in partnership in Kingdom Builders because Hannah... um, The anointing on her life is so strong that uh, she was brought over to the U.S. and started sharing her story, and people were so moved that she actually was offered two full-ride scholarships to American universities, everything paid for. She had two books written about her. She was highlighted uh, on a national news uh, um, network. She had a 
a lawyer that often to give her full citizenship, do all of the paperwork. And you have to understand, to a young girl raised in the body village in Nepal, this is probably one of the more redemptive stories that you can think of, to go from there to, to education, all of this kind of stuff on top of it. Uh, one of our board members offered for her to live in their home, a multi-million dollar home uh, in Miami. And so she was living this redemptively beautiful life. And then there was a global pandemic that hit, and she felt like God stir in her to go back, to go back to Nepal, to help her sisters, to help those who were immensely even more vulnerable because of the pandemic. And so she went back, she literally leaves the mansion and goes back and rents an apartment, a studio apartment about 400 square feet, which is small. Um, I've got four daughters and a wife, so, that's a small amount of space, and she allowed 10 other women to live with her. And not only that, yeah, that's a wow moment, but then she started looking at what are the root causes of trafficking and how do I best help my sisters and started an organization called Her that ended up addressing feminine hygiene and women empowering. Maybe instead of hearing the tall white guy from the stage, wouldn't it be incredible? If somebody from Kathmandu, Nepal, flew all the way to Zoe this morning to finish telling her own story, ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Badi. She said the chair is playing with her. So uh, Hannah, we're just going to like drop right in because this isn't Nepali church. American church has stop times. Um, so <laughs> the video showed um, human trafficking as an uh, incredible crisis. I, I'd like to start all the way back because your story uh, was that um, you were pre-purchased, which People don't really have a context for what it means to be pre-purchased. Can you talk about what that means? Uh, pre-purchase means that, you know, in our community, uh, we have a body people group in Nepal. So uh, because of like, you know, we consider as an untouchable in Nepali, you know, that uh, caste system that we have. So because of that, we like are untouchable. Untouchable means like you cannot touch human beings, means like you cannot do anything that other people do in the community, in society, or in a country. So we are not even, till, till 2007, that we're not allowed to have even citizenship. So she's part of the lowest caste. There are seven castes, and within those castes, there are 130? Uh, no, 26. 26 subcastes. Yes. And your group, up until 2007, we, we're not, counted not even counted that, as no. humans or citizens. Yes. Okay. So we're even not counted because of that, you know, our people, you know, are like not allowed to work, you know, like even the construction work or like any kind of, even labor work, we're not allowed to do those kind of work also. So because of that, you know, our people, you know, they found the, you know, like one thing that they can survive is like selling their daughters. When it comes to girls, there is no discrimination, there is no caste system, there is no untouchability, you know, like nothing. So because of that, like our people group, like they started selling their daughters, their wife, their mother, like whoever, the, it just need to be women, you know. So, um, so when they found that, you know, the prostitution become primary profession by the people's family. 
So what happened, and not only that, so when the mother, you know, get pregnant, so uh, brothel owner will come to village and they will do ultrasound, something. Ultrasound, uh, yeah. And then when they find if mother, ha mother is carrying a baby girl, so they will pay half money for that baby girl who is not even born. Okay, and um, we're going to keep this PG-13. Um, we know that there's a lot of ages and a lot of stories, and so we want to be respectful of that. But what she said was uh, when women are pregnant, uh, the brothel owners will bring an ultrasound, and if it's a female especially, they'll prepay to come back and what age yeah. do they come back and purchase uh, the, the age is, doesn't matter there. It's any, it, any age can be, you know, like sold out. So like four, five, six, the more you are young, the more you are going to sold with more money. So um, because of that, like I was also pre-purchased a child with my mom. My mom did. So, but I don't judge them because they were... They are like girls are a property in the body family. They are the like you know uh, the main source for family because the girls are the one that who sell themselves and uh, feed their family. Yeah. So she's saying that girls are property. They're the main source of income. Uh, as we have developed a friendship in talk, she would tell me that uh, if a family has four to five girls, they're just automatically middle income because that's four to five sources of income. And so yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spe speed uh, past some of the painful parts, um, not to be disrespectful to your story, but you were, your, your sister was trafficked, um, but you received rescue or interception yes. before they came and purchased. Um, and you went to one of our programs yes. where you found education, safety, food, and most importantly, you met Jesus. Yes. Um, if uh, the next time she's back, you just let her preach. It'll be a two-hour service, but oh, girl can go. Um, and you um, talk about you came here and everything was going great. Yes. But you felt, like God, you felt like God called you back to yes. start an organization. Can you talk about that organization and why you started it? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, my life while I was living here in Florida, of course, it was beautiful. But at the, you know, at the same time, my heart inside of my heart, I was like thinking there's something missing. I just, I was just thinking like I'm living in a beautiful house. You know, like I'm going beach and like it just lots of friends. I'm making lots of friends. I'm learning English and all, but. I was just thinking, like, what about my sisters? Hmm. Like, they are not even able to raise their own voice with their own parents. With the, like, they cannot even share what's going on with their body with their own mother. So I wanted to, like, just do something, but I was praying. And then finally, in 2000, you know, when COVID happens, and I was like, no, the day, uh, the, you know, the day before the uh, uh, lockdown was started, I literally arrived in Nepal. Yeah. And then next day, the government announced that from tomorrow, the lockdown going to happen. So I was like, God, I think it's your plan. This is how you work. So, and then in COVID-19 time, the, everything was closed down and everything. And, but maybe it was a f for other people. It's, it's of, of course, it's a sad moment. You know, like it's a sad time that lots of people, they, you know, lose their loved one. But for me, it was a blessing. For me, it was God, he worked in that time, in that 
you know, that uh, the time that where the people were like uh, suffering. But I was personally allowed to go out and connect to the government people to start this work. So you, okay, so just so you understand, Hannah's the first female body, the first of her people group to graduate from what they call college in Nepal, first that we know of to yes. actually leave the country and come to the U.S., right? In the uh, whole there's country. lots of first. Lots like everything is first. Everything's first with <laughs> Hannah. So, um, yes. Then she went back and you are now the first female to start an organization and you started it yes. around feminine hygiene, women empowerment and rescue. Can yes. you tell us um, what does feminine hygiene training have uh -huh. to do with rescuing girls? Uh, so what we do through our program is that we go village to village and teach women about menstruation because in Nepal, like because of the culture, that Hindu culture that we have, that it's called, you know, when the women are on a period, they are not allowed to go inside of the house for seven days. So they leave they have to leave the house and you know uh, and sleep in the like small hot house in the jungle away from family away from the like whole village that you know because of that so they live alone and they are kidnapped they are you know that trafficked and then they raped and they they are killed by wild animals so okay. it was very hard sorry cuz this is a lot course. for people to take this is your yeah. reality it is illegal to stay in the house when you're on your period or menstruating, so you are sent outside of the village into a hut where you're more vulnerable to being trafficked. And yeah. also, um, literally, I have to re-ask her questions like tigers and animals eating. Yes. So that kind of vulnerability, not only that, but they're away from school if they can even be in school. Yeah. Uh, a quarter of their life, and so yeah. you wanted to address this. Yes. Talk about this. So we started teaching women that you know the bird, like uh, the bird, you know, like uh, what's it called? Um, the God, He He created that. You know, the menstruation is a not a cross. It's a, it's a not a sin. It's a beautiful things that God gifted us as a women. So we teach, and at the same time that we teach women in the villages that you know, like your daughter need you. You know, maybe we cannot help you when you are young, but now we can help your daughter to tell that if she's not okay with, with what's going on with her, then she can share with you and then you can fight for. So we empower women to say no for, uh, you know, that human trafficking, say no for going in the jungle for when they are on a period, say no for their own maybe son or brother or like husband to sell their daughters. So we empower women and we, have, we give training that we have a sisters that they live in a different location, that they always take care of those women that we have uh, trained. And they, I call them like warriors. Yeah. So. And how many, how many women have you trained, these sisters that are throughout the provinces? How many have you trained? Uh, it's like a route, you know, that... Uh, um, so we train like 37 and 37 have trained other like in a different group. So 37, so then they train more. So you, yes. you've got a kingdom pyramid scheme, yes. which is yes. great. Um, <laughs> and how many, how many women have you trained in feminine hygiene? Uh, so we have already uh, last year in 2020 also we did a health and hygiene program in 2022 and 2023 this year. So we did already uh, 45,000 women that we have already reached. 45,000. So here's somebody who has rescued herself, finds Christ, has everything going for her, feels compelled to go back, notice Matthew 28, um, starts this organization, has impacted 45,000 women. 
And one of the things that you talked about with these trainings, um, tell me the two places where, because these trainings yes. became um, kind of the emissary for you to share the gospel. Every yes. one of your sisters are, yes. are Christ followers and they share yes. the gospel oh. and are planting churches. So um, how many, talk about the two, um, the brothel and the prison. Where, yes, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, like we don't only talk about like menstruation or human trafficking. We share gospel when we go to villages to villages. So more than 500 women have come to know the Lord through our program. Also, I just wanted to mention this because this is how God is working. This is God, how God is using the people from dust to dignity. So um, we, you know, like work, uh, we, we have been working in a different location and in different places and with a different story, the people they have with a different people group. So at the same time that my heart was always stuck when it comes to human trafficking because I was the girl that who sold out even though I was not even born. So I wanted to do something that, you know, girls can found their own identity and then, you know, they found that how God, he loves them. So, and then we started, you know, I went to the India and uh, I mean, you know, like in India, the persecution when it comes to like uh, Christianity, it's very high. And this is the time that they are killing Christian pastors. They are like burning churches. Like it's lots of things going on. But that's the time that God, he told me to go to India. I was like, God, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so. so she talks to God very personally. Um, and uh, she was sent to India. In India, the persecution is, is really high. Pastors yes. are dying. Churches are being burnt down. And you ended up at a brothel in India. Yes. So uh, I met my, uh, my cousins are in a brothel still, you know, lots of my relatives are in a brothel and that my cousin is, uh, you know, she have been there inside a brothel enough time, like I think her whole life and now she allowed to come out if she don't want to be inside. So now she's like frequently, she go inside when she have to do job, I would say job, and then she can come out. So I train her, I met her and I train and another sister so that they can go inside of the, you know, the inside of the brothel because they are allowed to go inside of the brothel. So, and it's still they are selling themselves, right? They are doing same job like other girls do. So I trained them and just a, a day, uh, uh, three weeks ago. So I trained them and now they go inside of the brothel. And the, you know, from the uh, first week of January, we're gonna start the one church inside of the brothel in India. You have to understand, so here's this young woman who's been rescued who starts the first organization and now not just planting a safe church somewhere else, but a church in a brothel. Her cousins have become Christ followers. And I, I mean, you can't imagine the power and the beauty. And the reason why we share this is because this is what we're a part of. Not just kingdom builders, but this is the Great Commission. The Great yes. Commission is to see the marginalized and to recognize the Imago Dei, the, the image of Christ on them. And this is what Hannah does so well. Yeah. You were recently in a prison. Yes. Let's shift over to the prison. Talk about that. Yes. So, and again, God, he sometimes that, you know, that when God gives a vision, sometimes you feel like it's silly. This is not going to happen, you know, but it still does happens. This is how God works. So, and then I was called from the, like a police station. It's a like, kind of like a jail area that they said, Hey, uh, we heard from about your work and we love your work. And you know, our women's in the jail, like they are even like not allowed to have us like sanitary pad inside of the jail. So I was like, Oh, that's great. Then I was already had a dream about it, but I'll come. So 
I was like, I was just expecting that they're gonna allow me to like speak with the women in the bar. You know, there is a like certain line, the gates that I cannot cross. But when I was there, so the people, they opened that door also. They allow me to go in their bedroom, like where the girls are sleeping. And that I can see from my own eyes that how they are living. When I was inside, I mean, let's say when I was in a truck that going there, the road was like rough and I was like, God, like, I mean, seriously, you know, this is the toughest places that you're sending me. I don't want to go inside the jail. So, but it's still like, and then when I go inside and God showed me like how much they have been suffer, you know, so, and then I share my story. I was supposed to share like health and hygiene, but I didn't, but I share my story and I share about God how much he loves even no matter where you are he always seen his light is there even though you you feel that you are in a dark when i say that there was there was like more than like 150 women and then they started crying and then before i leave you know they said like we want to like accept jesus how can we and i was like i'm not pastor i don't know how to make a confession or something you know but i teach them how to pray pray and then the and i was on the way and those girls like girls they fight for their rights say we want to start church inside of the jail I'm not so gonna... they started church and the 25 women from that jail they come to know the lord and they started church and and then you know what there are there were like 17 children inside of the jail have never seen how like outside of light looks like then i found the people who work in like uh, you know the children among the like uh, who are in a jail so we're going to rescue these 17 children very soon. Can you believe that? I mean, you have to, it is, I don't want to insult your intelligence or your, or your ability to hear, but to sense what God's spirit is doing when we are available, all of us, whether it's through generosity or whether it's through this courage. And one of the things I love is she complains a lot to God. She's like, this is tough. This is, <laughs> this is a hard road. There are lots of reasons to not do it, but she is doing it. And we are doing it together. Um, there are so many other things that we could talk about. Not only has she started a feminine hygiene program, she has started something called G10 where yes. she is supposed to, she has a full ride scholarship to two universities. She has given it up, but she raised enough money for 37 women in Nepal, some of the most vulnerable, to have their all of their vocation and education paid for, their colleges. That's what she's doing. And on Thank top you. of that, she's training people in agribusiness, and all of it is connecting. Um, we're going to land the plane and invite uh, Pastor Greg to come up. But um, we got in the car. And you said, I got a call from Uncle Raju. What happened yeah. last night? Very quickly. Um, they, uh, uh, from my family, like from my relatives, the 20 people, they come to the Lord yesterday and they baptized also. Just last night, 20 people, 20 more of her family. So how many of your family? I know it's a big number, but how oh, many? The six years ago, it was 180. But now I think it's just, we already reached like more than 300 maybe. More so. than 300. Hey, as we go into the holidays, please don't give up praying for your families. Yes. That is part of the go. Yes. Hannah, Christ is remarkable in you. He is. Would you mind praying sure. over each person in Nepali? It's going to feel like you, like you're hearing some like tongue language or something. Yes. So I'll pray. Dhanyabad dina sahanchu prabhu feri paniyo sundar samayeta paile dinu bayo tapai parameshwalai dhanyabad. 
प्रभु फेरी आज को यह सुंदर चर्च में तैयले बोलने मौका अवसर दिन भाग धन्यवाद यहाँ जीजना आने प्रभु वहाँ को हृदय में तपाई परमेश्वर ने प्रशस्त आशीष दिन वहाँ को जीवन में वहाँ को व्यापार में वहाँ को काम में प्रत्येक तैयार आशीष दिन प्रभु यह चर्चा वृद्धि होते फुल्द फुल्द जान को निर्ती तमेश्वर ने सहायता करी प्रार्थना ईश्वर प्रभु को नाव में